You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Remember back during CHOP, right after CHOP happened, or CHAZ, formerly known as CHOP, formerly known as CHAZ, remember when all that went down, there were lawsuits a flying left and right. People were suing the city. The city was suing other people, businesses, homeowners in the area. They were suing the city. Seattle Times sued the city. I mean, just these lawsuits flying back and forth. The parents, the mom of the first young man that was gunned down on the streets of CHOP, uh, filed a big lawsuit. That just got dismissed. So we're at that point where these lawsuits, they're playing out in court. We're getting to that point where, okay, yeah, no on that one, no go on that one. We're going to talk about it. That's what we're working on today. Lawsuits and chop. Who doesn't want to talk about that? I mean, yeah, right? Before we jump on in, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I read the news from that perspective. Some would say it's even bordering on reasonable. I know, weird, right? Coming from Seattle. Okay, here we go. A civil rights lawsuit filed by the mother of a 19-year-old Seattle man fatally shot during last year's Capitol Hill organized protest, or CHOP, has been dismissed by a federal judge who concluded the city did not create a dangerous situation for the young man when police abandoned the department's East Precinct during the unrest. Okay, that's the first paragraph. Did not create a dangerous situation when they basically told the police department, yeah, you guys can just vacate. If you want to just give up your East Precinct for the protesters, for the mostly peaceful protesters, you know, we're just going to we're just going to extend an olive branch here to the protesters. That's not it's not really creating a, a dangerous scenario. Hmm, this is a federal judge. I don't know. What's the reasoning? We got to get into it. In formally dismissing the lawsuit Monday, U.S. District Judge John Cohenauer ruled that Donita Sinclair, the mother of Horace Lorenzo Anderson, otherwise known, I believe, as Little Mob, Rapper could not show that the decision by city officials to vacate the embattled East Precinct during the racial unrest after the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police could not show that caused the circumstances that led to Anderson's shooting death. No, but it certainly didn't help, right? Cohenauer cited law that states, as a general rule, that members of the public have no constitutional right to sue city officials who fail to protect them against harm inflicted by a third party. Hmm. Unless they can prove some action by the city created a danger would, ha would not have otherwise existed. So set of circumstances here, or this mom basically can't sue. The judge is saying, yep, I recognize your lawsuit, but it's not going any further. We are dismissing it. And here is why. Because of that reason. You can't prove unless uh, there's an action created that, that the city created a danger that would have not have otherwise existed. In other words, the judge wrote, the city must have known that something was going to happen, but chose to ignore the risk and expose plaintiff to it anyway. And that didn't happen. The city didn't know this was going to happen. But the argument could be made. 
when you don't have a police force in an area, and basically this was a no-go zone, right? I mean, CHOP was a no-go zone. It was just known. It was just known to be that. And the police had exited their East Precinct. So there weren't police right there. And yeah, this happened. But it wasn't enough from a legal standpoint to uh, allow the, the, the lawsuit to continue. The city contended that it could not have foreseen that Anderson would run into a rival 18-year-old Marcel Long on Capitol Hill early on June 20th, 2020. Bad blood between the two young men led Long to allegedly shoot Anderson on the sidewalk across the street from Cal Anderson Park, according to police. I was over there, I think the day before this happened, or maybe two days before this happened, I'd have to look. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was more like a block party at that point. This is when this shooting happened. This is when things really turned from that whole what was kind of recognized as, you know, mostly peaceful. But there was a lot of skirmishes with the police that were not good. And after this point, for the next 10 days, it was rough over at CHOP. This was this was this to me was kind of that turning point, the June 20th. Sinclair's lawsuit, the mom of uh, uh, the, the mom of the kid who got killed, filed earlier this year, alleged the city's decision to abandon the department's East Precinct and surrounding area invited lawlessness and a foreseeable danger that led to Anderson's death. Okay. Yeah, it did lead to lawlessness and a foreseeable danger. But it wasn't inevitable that somebody would get killed. And that's basically what the judge is saying. Hey, they didn't ignore something. Something happened that was not foreseeable. Mm, lawsuit, no go. Long was arrested in July of this year and faces first degree murder charges. He was on the run for quite a while. I think they said at one point in time he was down in Florida or somewhere. Sinclair's lawyer, Mark Lindquist, acknowledged the lawsuit was unconventional and sprang from a unique scenario that does not easily fit into the case law. In other words, they knew they didn't have much of a leg to stand on, but, you know, it's chop, it's jazz, it's Seattle. Why not give this a run and just see what happens? This is that kind of lawsuit, right? Because when you read from an attorney, it's unconventional, and it sprang from a unique scenario, and these are all in quotes, that does not easily fit into the case law, that also means, yeah, the odds of this moving forward to fruition of whatever sort that might be, getting some money, getting paid some of that Seattle money, right? Doesn't everybody just have a handout right now? And you've got illegal immigrants getting 450 grand to 900 grand for a married couple down at the border. I mean, what is going on there? For, for something that came from illegal actions? Mm, yeah, crazy. So why wouldn't you throw a lawsuit out here? Your kid got killed. Your kid got killed in an area where there's no police, no police presence. Police were out of the East Precinct. They were gone. They were not there. Okay. So even though it doesn't easily fit into case law, did this guy work off of a like, contingency fee, the attorney? Don't know. Probably. 
Cities and counties can't be sued for every homicide, and there are good policy reasons for this, Lindquist wrote in an earlier email after a magistrate judge had recommended Sinclair's lawsuit be dismissed. The question here is whether or not the city created the danger and therefore can be sued. There's a lot of folks that say, hey, I think the city of Seattle did have liability. There's a lawsuit by business owners in that area, and I know one of them. And, you know, they've been pretty convinced. I'm not sure exactly where that lawsuit sits. I haven't followed up with that recently. But there's a bunch. I I think that the dad of this young man who was, his life was ended very early at age 19 that we're talking about here. I think he has or had a lawsuit for, I think it was like $3 billion. I mean, if you're going to go go do something, you might as well, you know, go to the sky's the limit, right? So yeah, the question here is whether or not the city created the danger and therefore can be sued. I, w- I would say maybe they didn't create the whole situation, but they're Definitely. They've definitely got some blame here. And that's that's what all of these lawsuits hinge on is what is the liability for, in this case, the city of Seattle, because it's, it's arguably the city of Seattle. Somebody from the city of Seattle, we don't know exactly who it was that said, hey, vacate the premises and don't go in that area. It's a no-go zone. I mean – there's, there's some liability from somebody somewhere, right? I mean, there just is. We haven't figured it out yet. I think this is uh, this is going to be a precedent for the other lawsuits that are out there. I'm not sure if those are going to go anywhere, but they're out there and they're happening right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if each one of those just basically got, you know, kiboshed. Put the, put the kibosh on it. So uh, the attorney said, he said he expects to appeal the judge's decision which dismissed the lawsuit with prejudice, meaning it can't be refiled. It's interesting, right? With prejudice. I'm confident a higher court will nonetheless recognize the city did create the danger and therefore can be held accountable, Lindquist wrote. You oftentimes read how cities are just, if, if a lawsuit goes sideways on them, it's millions of dollars in payout. It's just millions of dollars in payout. And taxpayers, that's who pays those bills. People forget that the city's money is our money, taxpayers' money. Fortunately, I don't live in Seattle. This isn't my big beef, but I've been watching these lawsuits pretty closely because I, I think the city of Seattle does have some liability you got to take that on when you basically somebody at the city level said, whether it's the mayor, whether it's the police, you know, the chief of police, somebody, some city council member said, Hey, you guys need to all leave your station. We're just gonna, we're just gonna do this and see how it goes. Cause this is, we're in Seattle and this is what we're doing. And then they wondered why, Oh, what a murder, what two murders, all right, time to close it down. July 1st, we need to close her down. Let's, let's get this thing over with. And that's literally what happened. The mayor's house got marched on. And a couple of days later, mayor's house got marched on by Shama Sawant, 
who has is literally got a recall campaign going against her, then I think that gets voted on December 2nd, something like that. I mean, it's it's coming up within a month or so. It got enough signatures to get a special election to maybe get her out of there. But literally, Shama Sawant held a protest, marched to our mayor's house, Mayor Jenny Durkin, which was a big no-no because she's a former federal prosecutor and you're not really supposed to let people know where she lives for obvious reasons. Security of her family, whether you you know believe she should be secure or not, that's just the law, right? So the minute that happened, the mayor basically just kind of said, yep, chop, done, Seattle Police Department, let's clear them out. You guys take back your police station. And that's what happened July 1st. It was crazy. That was just nuts. I was texting with a couple of police officers from the East Precinct when that was going down. And um, it was, I'd been given kind of a heads up ahead of time. Hey, this might be happening. So I'd been over there a bunch of times in the days leading up to that because it was quite a process to to go through that. Initially, the um, Department of Transportation came by and snagged a few of the barricades, the big concrete block barricades, and snagged a few of those. Oh, the protesters did not like that. Oh, they got worked up because that's what they, you know, they created their outer boundaries with, with these massive concrete things. So Department of Transportation comes by and they had, I don't know, 20 big, huge trucks lined up getting ready to take all these barricades out. And I talked with uh, guys that were doing that and they're like, we can't believe this is happening. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. You've got thousands of dollars worth of taxpayers money being spent with these guys just sitting around while some junior varsity assistant from the mayor's office is arguing with these protesters and there's nobody in charge. I'm just literally walking around with my phone or GoPro or whatever it was I was live streaming or just videoing what was going on. It was the utter blind leading the blind. But, you know, that's that's Seattle. That's just how things are handled here until we need to get something done. And then the mayor goes, all right, we're going to drop the hammer on this. Chop is done. It's over with. And also there had been a second murder. Um, you know, just another kid got killed, got taken out. He was driving his white uh, Jeep Wagoneer, I think it was, something like that, Grand Cherokee, driving around the perimeter of Chop, drove into a barricade on the southeast end of Chop, and um, he got lit up by security forces there at Chop, who may or may not have been Antifa, who knows. Um, I watched the uh, video on that, and you, what you could hear from the video is there was a security camera that had pretty good footage of it, and it was looking due south on, I think, what, it was 11th Avenue East? And what you could just hear is the pop, 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 pop. I mean, it, was, it was a shooting range. And then afterwards, knowing that, that I think it was a 17-year-old kid had been, his life had been ended, it was, it was just hard footage to watch. But um, yeah, that happened. March on the mayor's house. Mm, chop. Just done. Just done. Boom. Gone. So I'm confident a higher court will nonetheless recognize the city did create the danger and therefore can be held re- accountable, Lindquist wrote. I think, I think one of these lawsuits somewhere is going to go through. Somebody's going to get a payout from all this, right? You can't have all these cases just get dismissed. 
Dan Nolte, a spokesman for the Seattle City Attorney's Office, said the office would not comment because Anderson's father and estate have filed similar claims against the city that remain pending. That is, I believe, $3 billion. That's a big one. That's that's a lawsuit. The judge also dismissed a, no, um, a motion by the National Police Association, a nonprofit law enforcement advocacy group based in Stafford, Texas, to join Sinclair's lawsuit as a friend of the court, claiming that the city's actions to abandon the precinct endangered the public and law enforcement and should shock the conscience of this court, sworn to uphold the rule of law against anarchy. Anderson, who went by his middle name, had graduated from an alternative youth program in June to June on June 19th, 2020, one day before he graduated. Brutal. And he visited the CHOP zone the next day, where he ran into Marcel Long, according to police. The pair had a history of animosity, and according to police and witnesses, they exchanged words. Police said that video surveillance showed that Anderson was walking away when Long, who'd been restrained momentarily by others, pulled a handgun and shot him several times. Sinclair's lawsuit alleged that Long knew the chop was a no-cop zone. So, yeah, everybody knew it was a no-cop no cop zone. It was a no-go zone. Just, you know, if you've got, just don't really go in there unless you absolutely need to, or you're a podcaster and this is your, this is what you're covering. So it was on the southwest end of CHOP where this happened. And for quite a few days after that, they had a little memorial for uh, him, for, for Marcel, not for Marcel, but for Anderson. They had a uh, memorial from him and they had somebody they would post up as security, security right by the memorial and basically tell people not to take photos or video or whatever. And they'd look at your camera and it was just this whole convoluted mess. The Seattle Police Department's civilian-run Office of Police Accountability has concluded the decision to leave the precinct did not violate any laws or department policies. I find that hard to believe, but again, I'm not a lawyer. Don't follow my legal advice. All of this sounds, it sounds sketchy, doesn't it? Let's see. Somebody pulled the police out. We don't really know who, but then... You know, the mayor and huh, the police chief's phone and the fire chief's phone and like four or five of the people in the police department and fire department with high-level positions, they all had their texts deleted from that time period. It was weird. There was a technology epidemic of failure happening. Weird. So now this this all this is this is just one of those circumstances where you just know something went sideways and people are covering their rear ends, right? I mean that's what we've got going on here. Somebody knows what the real deal is. It's just not being shared, and it's kind of like, oh wow, we need to get an official narrative out there, but we don't really know what that's going to be. Mm, yeah, we need to wait for this to play out, and mum's the word as we go. After he was shot, Anderson was treated by citizens and volunteer medics manning a nearby first aid station, while according to the lawsuit, a Seattle Fire Department Medic 1 ambulance staged a block and a half away. Well, the Medic 1 ambulance was waiting for a police escort to go into an area with a shooting. 
That is standard protocol. The medics don't go in just willy-nilly. Anderson eventually was driven in a pickup to Harborview Medical Center where he died. And if you watch the video on this, you don't really know what's going on. You got people screaming at the ambulance. The ambulance driver is just kind of like, I mean, you're going into this chaotic mess where you've had a shooting. People are saying, he's not here. He's not here. He's at the hospital. They took him out. And you had these kind of home job, you know, these these folks who are standing in as medic first aides as they do at these protests. Oftentimes in the back, you'll have down in Portland, you'll have a um, you'll have literally an old school ambulance with a bunch of supplies in it and medical stuff because, you know, stuff's going to go sideways at these mostly peaceful protests and people are going to need help. So the protesters kind of bring their own crew. But in this this instance, uh, Anderson eventually was driven in a pickup to Harborview Medical Center where he died. In the hours after the shooting, the police department said a hostile crowd had prevented officers from reaching Anderson. The fire department said that by policy, when responding to scenes of violence, they had to wait for police to secure the scene. The Seattle Police Department released videos showing several officers enter the protest zone with guns drawn as protesters shouted them at them to put their weapons away. You're going into an area where somebody just got shot. Are you going to put your gun away? Probably not. I'm not. I wouldn't. If I was a cop, I wouldn't. However, demonstrators said that by that point, Anderson had already been taken to the hospital. He was out of there. The lawsuit argued any crowd hostility toward police stemmed from their failure to respond to the shooting scene. Do you want the cops there or not? Take your pick, because you can't have it both ways, not there and there at the same time. What is it that you want? What do you want from this? Well, parents, you know, they want their kids to be safe. That didn't happen here. You know? And the beef that happened between Horace Anderson and Marcel Long, you know, it didn't end up well. But is that the city of Seattle's fault? Is the city of Seattle liable for that? Are they even liable just a little bit? Well, so far, not yet, right? Lorenzo Anderson's father, Horace Anderson, has filed a $3 billion claim against the city, but has not yet sued, according to Nolte. Okay. So Lindquist said that while the judge's ruling dismisses Sinclair's federal lawsuit, it does not impact a state wrongful death claim, a prelude to a lawsuit filed against the city, King County, and Washington State. You might as well just hit everybody up, right? And if you're going to go for it, go for it. Go long. Tag everybody along the way. Maybe you'll hit, you'll hit payday and you'll get some of that city, county, or state cash. A number of businesses on Capitol Hill impacted by the CHOP zone have filed a class action lawsuit alleging the city's tolerance of the zone and its decision to pull law enforcement from the area cost them millions and violated their rights to live and operate safely. That one, to me, that one probably has as much merit as anything, because if you're a business owner, say you're a business owner of the, well, Let's just call it the taco stand there in Chop. 
what are you supposed to do? All right, I want my store to continue in its existence. However, we've got this, we've got these folks who are basically running this five or six block area. What are you supposed to do? You want your store to get torn down? You want it to get destroyed? No. And so you just kind of deal with the circumstances as best you can and hope that you can get to the end and your store doesn't get just torn apart or, or destroyed. So did the city pull law enforcement from the area, costing these businesses and homeowners millions and violating their rights to live and operate safely? Well, we're going to find out on that. Will there be a big settlement on that? I don't know. I think there is some definite liability. There's liability here for sure. It's it's a matter of whether it falls within what the law recognizes as you know being culpable. And you know, can you stick a, a judgment on them for for the violation? Basically, what you're stating happened. Will that happen? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Any one of these, there's just in lawsuits like this, you just don't know. It's is, it's a big guess. I've read a lot of people saying, yeah, this will probably just get dismissed. It's the city. Um, city's hard to stick with stuff. Usually they settle this stuff. If there's any indication of there might be some liability. But on this one, I mean, the circumstances are just so random and weird. Yeah, so you're a city official and you told them to abandon their police precinct. Hmm, that's unique. That's unique to Seattle, gotta say. You know, we've got the Space Needle, we've got views of Mount Rainier, we've got Jimi Hendrix, and we've got Chop. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah, crazy, right? All right, so. These stories are going to go on for a while because we've got four or five other major lawsuits still outstanding. And this one isn't done. Like I read, the attorney said, well, we're going to go right back around and they're going to keep, you know, going down avenues until they all get exhausted and, you know, they come to the end of the lawsuit. So I think one of these lawsuits, I think one somewhere here, they'll get a decent payout. And I'm kind of pulling for the business owners just because those business owners, this isn't, you don't open up a business because you think, you know, someday I'm really hoping that this is a no-go lawless area, that there's no police presence. And if something really bad happens, you know, the EMTs can't really get their rigs in and haul people out because the police can't come in and secure the scene. I really hope that I'm going to operate my business in this kind of environment at some point in time in the near future. Nobody says that ever. The opposite. Everybody just hopes for safety and you want to just be able to do your thing and go to work and do your do your deal and and have it make sense. This didn't make any sense. That's why we got just a bunch of lawsuits. So I don't know. Um, I think I think there will be a payout here at some point to somebody. Who it is? I have no idea. These, these things are just so random. And when you follow these cases, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is just, it's just weird and truly random. And because when do you have the police basically vacate their precinct? Never, ever. Doesn't happen. Happened here in Seattle. All right. That's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'll keep you updated on this one because this is a good one.
because we cover the chop. We cover the chop like no other, oh, no other here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right. We'll talk soon. Till then, stay safe. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.